This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, what am I supposed to do after that that weekend? I mean, Friday was good. I like Friday. And then just, man, just the, the, I mean, could we we catch a, a ball that's hit right at us? Is that something that a Major League Baseball team gets? I feel like Joe Girardi saying this. How about Joe Girardi actually showing a little life, Jack? Who knew that he had a, another setting other than, oh, it's fine. Nothing to worry about. It's all good. Nice to see Joe showing a little life. What are your thoughts, Jack? How you doing, buddy? Good to talk to you. Just another uh, good week in the Phil's baseball. Uh, they are. Myself. What an infer- for 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 a team that we love so much. They really know how to make us angry and annoy us. Yeah, because it's just like they can just never be a normal baseball team. Like, why can't they just catch the ball? I know. <laughs> I know? Even they're to Jack to the point where their manager, a manager who has been very Gabe Kapler esque in terms of his want to criticize his players. We've seen many times this season where we would have been like, well, you might want to like say something that, you know, like the Jose Alvarado play earlier, like all these different things where it's like, you know, come on, like say something like it wasn't right. And like to the point where the manager had this, this guy who won't say a bad thing about his guys is like, come on, like this level. Can we, can we catch the ball please? Right. And that's what's so ridiculous. It's like, I just, it, it just can't be, it can't be that hard. Like I, I know it's it's baseball and it's a hard sport, but I just these are major league. You're a major league baseball player. <laughs> like you 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 are. This is the the cream of the crop. These are the best guys in the sport. These are, you know, guys who are playing this at the highest level, and it's just it's just disheartening to continue to see these mistakes uh, made over and over and over again. And it doesn't seem like. There's any correction. I mean, you know, he's talking about catch the ball on Saturday. And, like, yeah, I get it. And I like that he's frustrated. And, you know, the, the fact that they fought back yesterday and um, almost made a ball game at the end and maybe if they had a full roster, maybe they win that game. But, you know, the fact that he does that on Saturday, he's, like, pleading with his team. And then Segura makes a ridiculous play in the first inning. And it's like, oh, great. So they're just – are they <laughs> – like, are we just tuning him out? Are we not listening? Like – it can't happen. It needs to stop. And just, you know, be a professional baseball team. That is, that's all we're asking you to do is just make the plays. It's baseball. You are professionals. Act like it. Yeah, well, because, Jack, this team's not good enough to give up outs, to give up runs. Like, they're not good enough. They need to win on the margins. They need to win on the edges. And look, I get it. 
They're a bad defensive team from a actual talent perspective. We get it. Like Reese Hoskins, not a major league caliber defensive player. You know, Alec Bohm, not a third baseman. Sorry, it is what it is. He's just not fluid and athletic enough in that way to be a 6'6", 6'5", baseman. Like, they, they just have guys who are either bad defensively or in the wrong spot. But that doesn't excuse, like, the the basic stuff, the bonehead plays, the not paying attention, the not looking the ball into your glove. And then, like, the, the you know, the, the Reese Hoskins play from a, a couple weeks ago where they're not paying attention, like, all that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not just bad defense. It's, it's not tight baseball. It's not like being prepared to play and paying attention and focusing. And like, that's the problem is because this team, especially with the injuries and the lack of roster depth and all that stuff, which we'll get into, but like with all that stuff, like they can't afford to make little mistakes and to give out out, give up outs. Like they're not good enough for that. And the fact that, I mean, the fact that they're 21 and 20 right now, like They've had like, what, six, seven, eight games that that you can pretty much chalk up to stupid mistakes, dumb decisions. Like, it, they, it's crazy to think about where they could be if they just, even with the lack of talent in spots, the lack of roster depth, the bad defense, it's crazy. And the horrible fourth of a starter, like, it's crazy where they could be if they just didn't make mistakes. Yeah, and I guess I just don't know how to feel about the twenty-one and twenty thing. Like, if you if you try to 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 look at it from the outside in, right? Like, obviously, you and I are very close to the situation here. Uh, our listeners are very close to the situation. Like, we live and die with this team. But like, I can't tell if if we're the crazy ones for looking at this team, looking at them being a game over five hundred and being disappointed, versus you know, kind of having the holistic view of they've had injuries. They've had guys who traditionally are back of the baseball cards, back of the baseball card guys that haven't gotten going. Um, you know, Chase Anderson, Matt Moore, uh, Archie Bradley. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't count on them to get going. I think the better examples would be, you know, Didi and, right. and Alec Bohm and so on and so forth. Right. So like, I can't, but I genuinely feel closer to the, to the this team's not good I don't care what the record is side because they do things every night that good baseball teams don't do that clubs that are supposed to start winning and supposed to win upwards of 90 games this year they're not doing that and they're not doing the little things it takes to win ball games and like we, we talk about this a lot but like the strikeouts are just absurd, yeah. and it, it 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 comes back to the philosophy of playing for the big inning, which I just don't think you can consistently rely on and and win with. Like last year, I genuinely felt like James, like we were watching statistically what was a top six offense. I mean, when Bohm came up, they were a top six offense from the top down, and. I didn't feel like it was always the big inning. I felt like it was more consistent at bats. I felt like it was more, um, you know, doing their jobs and, and gap to gap and that stuff. And I, I genuinely felt good about the offense last year. I felt like it was an offense that I could rely on um, for most nights of giving me four to five runs at least. And this year, it looks like we're back to the, to the Maley, the Maley years, where it's a lot of strikeouts, a lot of playing for the big inning, 
waiting for a home run. But like, who in this who in this lineup can hit home runs besides Bryce? I mean, they don't have home run hitters. I mean, Reese should be, but he hits like three homers in a week and then won't hit a homer for a month. Um, so it's just it's 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 just bad right now. And I just the only thing I can bank on them getting better at as the season goes on is the back of the baseball card thing showing up and those guys being what they've been for their careers. And Archie Bradley coming back, I do think is going to be a nice addition. I think he's going to, um, you know, let everyone kind of settle into their roles a little bit. But Archie Bradley going out can't be the, you know, the reason why your whole bullpen isn't as good as it could be. So um, I just, I'm just disappointed. I'm frustrated because it feels like the same thing for the last four years. And this team is too talented to, to be where we're at. Yeah, uh, 100% with you. And look, you, you hope Spencer Howard can maybe help out with the, the four or five starter thing and be a guy who gives you four or five innings or whatever you know it is that he's going to be for you. You hope that helps. There are things you can point to, like you said, Bone being better, Didi being healthy and better. Just overall health. I, I think, like honestly, one of the biggest problems with this team that we just don't harp on enough is just the lack of roster depth. You know, I mean, even think about Nick Maton came out of nowhere to be a massive part of this offense and this team. And like, like even with that, I mean, they just struggle from a depth perspective to the point where, you know, when you have injuries, when you have, you know, that over the course of 162 games is going to happen. That's what makes baseball baseball. That's why, you know, the best teams are the ones that have that you know, depth upon depth upon guys that they can just roll in and out and bring up from the minors who are major league quality players and all that stuff. And, and, and the Phillies don't have that. They like to the point where if a guy gets hurt, Scott Kingery has got to start a game. Scott Kingery. It like, I saw Joe Giglio tweet this and, and I like, I don't, I don't know every single player on every roster, but he tweeted that Scott Kingery's the worst hitter in, in baseball and is not close essentially some something like that is not close between him and who's ever second and like i have not looked at every team but i find it hard to believe there's anyone close to as bad a hitter as scott kingery i mean he looks as lost at the play as anyone i've seen in a long time and like the, the like scott kingery's starting games for them he's getting important at bats and and like that's a massive issue the roster depth because they're such a top heavy team and then when guys who are you're counting on to the point you're making four don't perform, you're already going to struggle. And then when you want the depth to fill in for those guys when they're hurt, that that's where you you know you run into problems, and and that that's what it is nerve wracking to me. Um, but all right, let let's kind of get into some of the specifics and some of the people from the beginning. Because look, at the flip side to your point, like you can make a a glass half full argument, like the defense isn't going to get much better from a talent perspective, no matter what kind of moves they make, but they can catch the ball when it's hit to them. Like they can be sharper and crisper and smarter defensively. Like you talked about, you can expect or hope to expect that certain guys are going to be better offensively. You can hope to expect that maybe Spencer Howard can fill in. Maybe they can, you know, I can't, I'm not going to even, we're never going to talk about Vinny and the the longevity of that, but whatever, what we are, are. You di- are you disrespecting the ace of the staff right now? <laughs> so, like, you, there, there is a glass half full case to be made considering they're 21 and 20 and, like, right in it in the division. But I'm, the roster depth concerns me. All right. Um, 
Let's jump into some specific things from the weekend. Let's just start with the, you know, instead of going in chronological order, let's just talk with like the the biggest thing of the weekend. What did you make of the Segura-Girardi thing? What do you make of the, the whole situation, Girardi's, you know, terse post-game response and, and the way he's handling it? What do you think of it all? I loved it. I really did. And, um, you know, it's funny. Like, Segura is definitely a good player. Um but he 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 drives managers crazy. I mean, I mean this, he's been on five teams. I mean, um, and he 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 must drive people crazy with with whatever. But um, you know, I think it I think it I think it was a good thing, and I think it was something that this this team needed. Um, maybe they need a little 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 kick. Um, maybe maybe Jack. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no, they did, they did, and and I I don't know. I don't know how much that related to what they did after. I mean, making that a ball game late, I think, was impressive. So um, maybe it was kind of that. Although Segura now did to make be it. and to be fair, like Toronto helped out a bit. Toronto had some Phillies esque moments defensively they did. in that. They did. I mean, it was like a minor league game uh, broke out. At a it major was unbelievable. League, major league team. I, it was unbelievable, man. I mean, whoo, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I thought the thing. I think that's like. It's just unfortunate he got caught on camera. I mean, that kind of stuff just happens in baseball games, and it happened. It's been happening forever. And you well, know, they were I, in I a like, spring. They were in a, um, a minor league spring training stadium that didn't have a tunnel. You know, I think that's the kind of thing where if that were at, at Citizens Bank Park, Girardi probably would have pulled Segura into the tunnel or something or whatever. You know. Yeah, and I just like I just like that there was a sense of urgency. You know, f- there's been far too long. Ever since back to Gabe and the first year of Girardi, where it's like, ah, we'll be fine, we'll figure it out, and no reason to worry. And I just like that. I like that they care. I mean, they know that sounds bad, but like, I like that they care because I'm mad too. And I'm sitting there, and I genuinely felt yesterday that I like everything about the Phillies except watching the games. And like, I like, <laughs> I like. I like the draft. I like the prospects. I like everything about the Phillies except watching the games. That is so perfect, man. Like so I perfect. like I like following the minor leagues. I like the draft. I like It's almost GM's like the stuff. Phillies are our fantasy team. We just don't watch the games and if we could just not watch the games and check the box scores and look at the roster and the minor league things, that'd be a lot more fun. I might start doing that. I might just like not turn them on and just and just, you know, check the check the box scores and whatever. But it's just like I like that they cared, and I like that Girardi cared. And yeah, I, finally. I, I, I mean, because like I just, I, and I think we're I think we're finally starting to see some of the old school and Girardi come out. Like I feel like there's this whole notion that uh, modern day players don't want to get coached hard because they'll turn you turn you off and um, they won't respond well to it. And I think Girardi's almost at the point where we're saying, "Screw that, man! This is driving me crazy." Like he's been around baseball forever. There's always been accountability. There's always been. You know, it's it's funny because I experienced this growing up. Obviously, not the same level as these guys, but like the most annoying thing in the world to me was when a pitching coach would come out and be like, "Throw strikes," and I'll be like, "I'm trying," like because because <laughs> like obviously you want me to throw strikes. Obviously, oh, you, you didn't you didn't want me to just walk everybody. That wasn't like that's why not. Okay, cool. Right, and obviously, score doesn't want to make an error there, but it's just it's just how the game is. Like you, we know you're not trying to mess up, but you have to be – it has to be instilled in your head that you cannot do that. That is how you get better. That's how you, that's how you make improvements of the fear of failure in a sense. So 
I think it was important, and I don't know how much it would, you know, obviously Maton having a day and the Blue Jays, you know, going turning into the Phillies, but it, it did seem like they responded to that a little bit. So I, I like that. The postgame stuff was stupid. Like, come on, man. Just say, hey, we, uh, you know, those kind of things happen. It's natural. We, I talked to Gene. We moved on. Um, we keep that stuff internal instead of being like, next question, next question. Do you have a baseball question? You know, just it, it almost felt like a, a loss of composure in a way. So um, I definitely didn't like that. Um, but my, 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 my main problem with Girardi from yesterday was, was playing Bryce. There, there is no scenario where Bryce Harper should have been in that baseball game. It's May. I don't care if you win or lose. What I care about is losing Harper for a possibly more extended period of time. His first ball he got in the outfield, it was a, it was like a ten dribbler to the infield. The second, his first at bat, he had to bunt three times, and they tried to play it off that was that was the design from the dugout. Come on, man! And then all of a sudden in the ninth, he's fine to swing and he's taking like monster hacks to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark and like wincing in pain. And trying to take bigger swings because he knows he doesn't doesn't have the usual power that he would if his shoulder was healthy. Like, I don't care if Velasquez pitched on Friday. Put Velasquez out there. You cannot get Bryce Harper more hurt in a game in May. This I thought I thought it was totally irresponsible. And I just I don't know I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happens. And if they didn't want to bring someone up for whatever reason, and Bryce Harper got more hurt because you had to put him out there or you thought it would be too embarrassing for the rest of your team to play Velasquez, then just shame. That is that is very short-sighted, and I, I just I didn't appreciate Bryce being in the game yesterday. Yeah, like we don't know the specifics of Bryce's injury. It's certainly possible that they told Bryce that he couldn't hurt it more by playing. Like that is a possibility. I, I hope to think that – that is, it's something along those lines where they wouldn't have risked that. And that's because I agree with you holistically, you know, if there's any chance of Harper getting hurt anymore, there's zero. I, I agree with you. I would play Velasquez over him. I would. But I, 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 I have to think that they would not have put Bryce in if they, there was, if he was that hurt in that situation, you know, where they were okay with him not being able to go as as hard as he normally would and and whatever but that he couldn't hurt it anymore regardless I I, I agree with the the point holistically and and also look I think they should get ding for not bringing someone up I mean that happens for the game you could have gotten someone there you could have made a move and especially when Didi's been hurt for like why just backdate it right when was the last time Didi played it's got to be close to 10 games I know it's not but it's like what seven games six games like just put Didi on IL and backdate it at this point like what are you losing like I think that's much better than going into a game with Raphael Marchand catching out of nowhere unexpectedly and having zero bench like you can't go into a game where you're your backup plan is we'll put our injured guy in. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, that, you can't do that in the major leagues. Like, I don't know about you, Jack. I'm 30, I, I know you're not 39 years old, but I'm 39 I'm not, years but you old. Are. Yes. Point being, I don't know about you and your memory of Phillies, you know, history, but I don't ever remember going into a Phillies game knowing we had no bench guys. Like, that's, that's not, and I'm sure it's happened, but I certainly don't remember it. Like, I, I think that's malfeasance on their part, and that's on Girardi, and that's on the front office too. That's on all of them. But I, I agree with your point holistically. I, I have to hope because if if they did put him in where he could get hurt, hurt worse, that's just 
just an absolute disastrous decision. And I, it makes me terrified of, of any decisions that the people who made that decision are making. I have to hope that Harper couldn't get hurt worse, but I, I generally agree with it. With the Segura thing, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Like, I think I like the fire. I like seeing some frustration because like you said, Jack, like we're frustrated too. Like I was tired of seeing Girardi just be like, whatever, or like, you know, apathetic, it seemed like after some of these losses, after some of these disasters, after some of these horrendous decisions, just like, oh, you know, it happens, whatever. Like, I like seeing him get pissed off. I'm happy he's like, you know, calling guys out in the dugout and saying, that's not good enough. Like, I know you're trying, but like, you obviously weren't trying hard enough because that ball was hit right to you. That is a focus issue. That is not a, a, you're not good enough to make that play or, oh, you, you know, that was a tough play and you couldn't make it. Like, that's focus. That's simple. That's basics. That's like the basic stuff. So I'm happy Girardi called him out. I do agree with you uh, with the post-game stuff. I think more than anything with the post-game stuff, to your point, the loss of composure ultimately made it a bigger story. You know, I think Girardi really, his comments kind of just added a little fuel to the fire when, like you said, he could have diffused it in a better way. But I also can't blame him there too because that's the first time in one of those settings we've seen him like show some actual anger and frustration and be like ticked off about something. And uh, good, good, do something, man. Like do something. You need to be ticked off. We're ticked off. Like what we've been watching is not acceptable. Um... So I'm I'm very with you on that whole situation. You hope it can kind of drive them. Like you said, it might have driven them to, to come back in that game. Let's hope they come home and can use that as a little fuel against their, their kryptonite. For yeah, the, the well, and, Marlins. and one quick thing um, before we move off this, like Girardi talked postgame about like trusting the player or whatnot. And I'm just like, he has to know better than trusting the player. Like, any player worth his salt is going to say, yeah, I can play. I can help the team win. I can, like me at 60% is still better than anything else that we have. So I'll go out there and I'll, I'll get my all. Like you have to protect the player in that situation. And I just think that if Bryce ends up having to miss more games because of this or he re-aggravates his shoulder, then he's not doing his job of protecting the player. And it's because – and that's what makes me annoyed is because players are always going to say – yeah, I'm good. I can go out there. Like, don't worry, coach. I'll swing and. Well, especially and, someone like Bryce Harper too. I mean, that's just like so in Bryce's DNA. We've seen it already. Like, I've, I think there's been multiple times when he's kind of been out there when you're questioning whether he's he's really able to or kept going in a game where it's like, ah, Bryce, maybe we should come out. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, you hope that you hope that I honestly, and you know me, James. This is not going to sound uh, shocking for me. But I'm our, as I'm writing out my future uh, 2021 Phillies video yearbook, <laughs> I am I am writing down the blow up in Dunedin, and like as as the big turning point in the 2021 season. Like I just, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I have that I have that weird feeling. I have that weird feeling that that it's that that kind of turning point where it's like okay, once Joe like they're doing an interview with with Bryce after the season, and they're like, and Bryce is saying. You know, once Joe kind of had the blow up in in Denny, then we knew it was go time, and then we rattled off ten of eleven. So listen, I'm just saying, watch out for that, and uh, you know, for the future Phillies, Phillies video yearbook, I would like credit for that. And um, I just, you know, maybe there's a little chance at a turning point here. 
I hope so, man. Wouldn't that be something? Here's the thing. I think that that I hope what Girardi takes away from this, if they are able to get it going a little bit, is that, and this is something that you brought up a couple pods ago even, talking about their issues on the road um, and, and a potential reason for that. And I think we're seeing that just as a a, a bigger thing on this team is the, the, the kind of leadership void that they have. You know, they don't have that classic leader who's going to, get them charged up on the road, get them ready every night on this grind of 162 where it takes a lot to do it night after night after night to have that, you know, that energy, that drive to to bring it every night is a grind. And I think Girardi might, with this group of guys, maybe have to take a more active leadership role than maybe he did with those Yankees teams. And maybe it's something that he didn't, maybe realize he had to do. I'm hoping that this this moment can kind of... Because I think it's clear as day that he has to. Because we've talked about it. I mean, I just don't think there's anyone else on this team who's going to step into that role. And Jordy could do it. Like, it's not... You know, you'd like, you know, more leadership from the locker room and clubhouse. And maybe someone can follow him. But I do think that's something that I hope, like, is a, is a kind of lesson he takes away from this. Um, it does seem like... It does seem like there might be more with, like, the Segura thing, though. Because, like, after the game, he was obviously weird. We know that. But he didn't comment on it, and he hasn't talked to – but then I think uh, Destiny uh, was tweeting about this today, I guess because he was on, I think, MLB Network Radio. But, like, they still haven't talked, <laughs> which is, like – I mean, like a whole – I saw that, run. too. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. crazy. You would think I, that they would talk immediately after the game, right? Like, first thing. For, well, first you opportunity, a, you know. You have a plane ride home. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. Uh, that, there might be there might be more there than than we think. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like Gene's the easiest guy to get along with, or or you know the best teammate, or whatever you want to say. Uh, I just can't yeah. wait for the the. Can you imagine what they're gonna do for his three hundredth double jack? They might oh. have to they might have to set off fireworks mid game. Do you think that's like an appropriate response? Is that enough? Mm, no, Should I, I? How about this? The the game just ends and the Phillies win. Like, it doesn't matter what's happening in the game. It's just an automatic win for that moment. Before like, the bullpen. I, I mean, how do you keep playing the game after that? I mean, what else can happen that night that could top such a monumental moment? No, I mean, I think at the least he gets the uh, the jog around the stadium that Ripken had. <laughs> All right. Um, some other stuff from the weekend. Uh, and just general stuff. I want to get to specifics of the weekend, but the the the... Chase Anderson, Matt Moore thing. And obviously we're past Matt Moore in the rotation stuff, but just the, the like kind of tie in a book. Cause I think we're, we're pretty clear on what these guys are. How annoyed are you at Dave Dombrowski for se- spending 7 million on these guys this offseason? Like when you're watching and I know he got hurt tonight, so we'll see, but like Taiwan Walker, a couple more mil guy's been awesome for the Mets. I mean, so many examples of, of guys, if you had spent either that or even just a little bit more, whatever you get, like a real pitcher here, like a real, yeah. a real guy. Like, and then, yeah. you know what, then you could do the Vinny Spencer Howard thing for the other spot and, you know, kind of ride one or the other and back and forth. But like, you could have had four real guys if you had just not done this stupid Chase Anderson, Matt Moore thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised that it happened, James, but uh, <laughs> no, me, me talking myself into them backfired. 
Um, yeah. Although I talked myself more to Matt more than Chase. You did. But. And to be fair, we both were not happy with the signing. Neither of us came on this podcast and we're like, yay, these guys. You talked yourself into more. I didn't talk myself in either. I said Anderson was better than more, but they both stunk. Either way, like neither of us were, were thought these were going to work. You just, you know. You have a way of talking yourself into things, Jack. People might not know that about you. I know. I should have just trusted my gut. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, like, whoever the scout was that came back to them and was like, yeah, Matt Moore looks great over in Japan. <laughs> like, that guy should be fired. I mean, I'm, like, just a, just an absolutely atrocious decision. Um, like, <laughs> and he actually, I mean, looks good out of the bullpen. But, um but yeah and so chase anderson obviously bad but i do wonder how much yesterday you know him and marshawn hadn't worked together in those 20 minutes for the game and stuff like that also i do love he is like so weirdly confident for someone who is so bad like so average like He's talking about how his last start is like, yeah, I think I should be able to go eight innings. It's like, let's, let's, <laughs> it's like, dude, let's get it, through the six. Make, yeah, yeah, make it six, big dog, all right? Right. You're, you're, then, you're, you're, then, try to be Vinny Velasquez right now, and then we'll talk. And then yesterday, he's like, yeah, I was so locked in. I didn't see anything going on. It's like, dude, you got shelled. Like, relax with the whole The first two in. batters hit home runs. How less locked in can you be? Yeah, he's a he's an interesting interesting fella, but um, yeah, and even like a guy like Garrett Richards is disgusting, and he got like ten million dollars, you know. Um, uh, Anthony Discafani was like an obvious, you know, signing from the Reds. From the Reds, always had good stuff, but they could never harness it. Come here with, to work with Cotham, and you know, I mean, he's pitched well this year. So um, yeah, it's just like I don't understand how. <laughs> they thought Matt Moore and Chase Anderson was just going to be fine. And like, like, like think about this, James, they thought those two were going to be so fine that they were transitioning their number one pitching prospect to being a bullpen guy. I mean, the like, whole Spencer Howard thing has been an abomination the way they've handled him this year. It's, it's, it's unnerving what they've done with Spencer Howard. And like, I get it in a perfect world but you're not gonna figure out if he's comfortable coming into uh uh not clean innings like you're not gonna figure that out maybe talk to him beforehand before having this grand plan um so yeah like he listen he he's probably gonna be in the rotation soon but even when he does that it's gonna be four innings max and it's just like like what what's the plan here are we gonna ramp him up to be a a starter or is he just going to be an opener? Is he going to be a four or five inning guy and just give us as much as he can? I I, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's just thank, <laughs> thank God Vinny's been good <laughs> because if not, I mean, we're still rolling with, with Chase Anderson and Matt Moore in the back and that's just, it's just not good enough. And I don't understand really why it was ever thought to be good enough other than these guys could eat innings, but they can't even eat innings. Like, Wheeler, Eflin, and Nola are eating all the innings. And these two can't even get past the fifth inning. So, I mean, just not great. Yeah. It's bad, man. It's not good. Um, Nola on the road. Uh, I saw your tweet. It was compelling. I didn't like it. 
what do you think's going on? Tell everyone like the numbers, but then what do you what, like? Is it is it a thing? Is it is it like what's the deal? Yeah, I I don't know. It, I I guess I never really thought about it um, until uh, after the game. I was like, ah, oh, let me just let me just see what they are. Um, and yeah, so so in the last four years, so 2018, he had two four one ERA, obviously great. Last year, or 2019, 519, 2020, 426, 2021, 565. So that's a bigger sample size than, than not. I mean, that's three seasons of even though last year and this year is not obviously complete. But either way, that's that's a lot of uh, sample for, for a guy not being a great road pitcher. And I honestly, I don't have an answer for you. Because if you think about it, all his meltdowns have been on the road pretty much. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have some, you know, smart galaxy brain take as to why he's bad on the road. I just, you know, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> you know, maybe get different, uh, uh, you know, different routines and stuff. Maybe the mounds are different, but he's going to have to get it back to what he was, or not back to what he was in 18. Cause obviously 18 was a, was an outlier, but he needs to figure out how to pitch well on the road because you're not making every start at home. And, um, yeah, it's it's just shocking, and it's definitely something to monitor as the season goes on. All right. Uh, any other pitcher stuff before I get to some hitter stuff and we get to the take bag? Um, I mean, I guess I'll just do Vinny now. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Duh, Vinny. Good point. Do Vinny. Yeah, and, like, again, I, I, and I, genuinely, I genuinely believe this when I'm – when I'm talking to the to the high hopes listeners, because we never lie to them, so I'm like I'm trying not to 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 get ahead of myself with Vinny, and I'm trying. Like, I feel like I feel bad because I feel like I lead our listeners down the wrong path sometimes. Um, you know, we're doing it again with Matt Moore and Chase Anderson, where it's like, oh, Jack, you know, was all excited and it's completely backfired. He looks like an idiot again. But um, uh, I just I like I like the I like his plan. I want to say in in a sense. Like it's obviously a lot of, a lot of curveballs, sliders, and changeups. But the changeup looks nasty. Like it's 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 added some depth for sure, um, and it's playing well off his fastball. And he's just pitching. Like this is why I kind of liked him heading into last year because I felt like he was pitching more and more. You know, the cutter was a thing and and whatnot. But he because Vinny in the past. When he would get behind or he would start struggling, he would just start pounding fastballs, pounding fastballs, pounding fastballs. And eventually, major league hitters are going to catch up to that stuff. But what he's doing this year, he's doing a really good job of mixing in his curveball, changeup, and slider. And working them in all counts, it doesn't matter. Because you have to be able to get those pitches over for strikes so that the fastball, you know, can can work off of those pitches. So, because, like, you know, I talk about with Nolan, Wheeler, and Eflin – that they need fastball location so that their off-speed pitches look better. Well, Vinny's almost the opposite. Like, people can't sit on his fastball if he's able to get those other pitches over for strikes. Like, Wheeler, Eflin, and Nola have shown the consistent ability to get those pitches over for strikes. But with Vinny, he's never shown that ability. So guys are just waiting for him to throw a fastball and, and just sitting on everything else. That's why he throws so many pitches. But what he's doing right now is able to mix all those pitches in. He's, he's committing to that game plan. And I do think that's a lot of Caleb Cotham. I, I think Cotham has done a really good job with him um, and just getting him to commit to a game plan and sticking with it and not deviating from it even when runners get on base. So I don't – obviously we're not 
saying to, to, to buy completely in and Vinny's the guy and all this fun stuff. But I, I mean, I think he can be a good four or five starter. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, why can't he? Like uh, if Look, I know why I, I, he can't. Yeah, be. I mean, I know he why can. He can't like, can it's a, of course he can, but I, I just look. Here's where I'm at with Vinny, and I look. He's definitely looked really good the last three starts. Like, you can see it. Like you're talking about, you know, the the some of this stuff is is swinging his stuff, and he looks he looks more confident. He's pitching. He's working. Like it seems quicker and smarter and all that stuff, but I, like. He has just built up such a reserve of distaste and disbelief that, like, I need a lot more. Like, I'm just not – it's not going to be three stars. It's not going to be four stars. It's not going to be five stars. Like, like, when he's had 10 good starts in a row or 12 out of 13, okay. I'll start to be in on Vinny and actually believe that he can maybe carry this through the rest of the season. Even then, I'm going to be dubious. But for now, I'm certainly just not there yet. I'm not. I can't. Yeah, but like, I can't but, be. All right. Let's say he pitches to like a four ERA. Like you're happy with that, right? Sure. But again, Jack, like he's had three good starts in a row. Like we've seen him do this. We've seen him go on runs. Where we're like, oh, Vinny. Ha ha. He's doing the stuff we want him to. He's just pitching. Like he's just listening to JT. He's listening to Nap. He's not thinking out there. He's just throwing stuff. Like, look at this. That's three in a row. That's five in a row. Like, I just can't do it till I see it more. Like, I think it would be foolish to say, oh, Vinny's fine. He's part of the rotation. Let's roll. Like, that'd be foolish. It would be. I just think I just think you're worried about losing our bet from last year on Vinny. Yeah, well, yeah, you already lost it, pal. <laughs> we didn't remake it. Well, there's no proof of that. Yes, there is no proof. All right. I have a bone to pick with you, by the way. What? Yeah. What could I possibly before, have done? Well, before the take back, we'll, we'll, I have a bone to pick. But quickly, uh, offensively, look, not a ton uh, to get into. Quickly, uh, I have a, I want to talk about someone in particular, obviously. But um, Bryce, JT, Didi, uh, fair to say that Didi's the only of those injuries that you have real concern about? Well, depending if Bryce didn't get re-injured yesterday, <laughs> trying, to, trying to have a Kirk Gibson moment in the ninth. Uh, of a, yeah, of a mean, game in a spring training stadium. I, the DD thing is is terrifying. It's not just good. Because, it's not I mean, good. It's, the, it's the same elbow with Tommy John on. It's the second time it happened this season. Like, whew, It's bad. Not great. It's really bad. Two-year deal. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm legit concerned about it. Um, Bryce, I, I'm not too concerned. JT, I'm not concerned at all. You know, but the the DD one's a real concern. And look, the guy I want to talk about is what's made it more palatable. Obviously, Nick Mayton, but it also like with Mayton here again, we go back to that roster depth issue, and they just can't afford to lose guys, any guys. But Mayton, man, like. It's one of those things where you keep saying, it's like, oh, you know, he's not going to keep it up. Oh, he's going to cool down. Uh, and he did. He's had little stretches. I'm like, oh, like, he's not really, like, he's like a bench guy. Like, he's not like an actual starter in the majors, all this stuff. Like, like, it's a very small sample size still. A very, 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 very small sample size. But at, where are you at with Maytown? Like, are you starting to, like, look at him differently than you did when he came up? Obviously, we all have looked at him differently. But, like, in terms of, like, what he can be for the rest of the season and moving forward. 
Not really. Like, I think- <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I'm with you too. Like, I think he's going to be a nice bench player in Major League Baseball. But, but it's so funny because you, who is so willing to believe in Matt Moore, believe in Vinny, like believe the Phillies are going to win the World Series, like you can't buy in on, on the one guy who the rest of Phillies fandom is all in on. It's hilarious. I love it. Well, it's your, you're such a, you're an enigma, Jack. Well, I don't like, I don't like buying in when everyone else buys in. Um, ah, there it is. There no, it is. No, 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 I think, cause I love him. Right. Like I, I, I look, I, I genuinely and, and, love him. we're baseball guys. Of course we love him. Like he's a right. baseball and I, guy. And I, I just think he's, I think he's a really solid player all around. And you know what he is? He's like a freaking Cardinal. He's a cardinal. The guy that just comes up and just plays a ton of positions, can hit, and like will have back-breaking moments against you. Like that's Nick Maton, and I think he's clutch and sure-handed. A, yeah, play, and he just—he's just a ball player. He's just a yep. ball player. Yep. So, um, yeah. Do I think they should? By the way, there—I like tweeting a lot, um, like just during games, and I like—I do like picking. Like you know, prodding people. No, tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Give Mayton number twenty six. Oh, it's great, dude. People get so mad, like so mad. It's just a joke. Like relax. Um, but yes, I like tweeting that a lot because the reactions are always like, "You're such an idiot. No one should ever wear that number again." And I just sit there and I say, "Gotcha." But um, I. I like him a lot, but I just – I don't see a starter every day. I see a guy that can play second, short, third, and I think he's eventually going to be able to play outfield. And I think he can, I think he can be a spot starter slash platoon guy that can, um, you know, do some things. He's going to help you win ball games. He's the kind of guy that good baseball teams have. But I don't think he's a guy that starts on a good baseball team, if that makes sense. So that's where I'm at with Mayton. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the ride. I don't understand why people don't pound him with fastballs up because I don't think he can get to him. But um, that's just me. And, yeah, like, listen, I'm enjoying the ride. I, am, I love him. I think he's a good ball player. But I don't – I can't say I see him being a – starter for 162 yeah it's pretty much where i'm at but i'm definitely enjoying it and look uh you know he is a ball player you know i do agree with the point like i want him on my team i I just i don't to your point i don't know if he's a a starter for 162 i mean maybe maybe he's a a average starter best case scenario if he kind kind of everything works out but yeah i'm with you um speaking of twitter and and we'll get to the take bag in one sec but I got a bone to pick with you. Speaking of Twitter, you just brought up Twitter, and we've been All right, cool. talking about Joe Girardi and stuff. I break my back here to come on here and keep this Jim Nance bit alive with I with you're, you're everything really I have. And you take a shot on me about Twitter. You put the Joe Girardi video up about it on the High Hopes account. By the way, Jim Nance's birthday today. Happy birthday, Jim, patron saint of the High Hopes podcast. Happy birthday, sir. I I felt a little affronted when you put up the Girardi video. Next question. Man. I personally thought I nailed it, to be honest. I thought. <laughs> it was a really good tweet. I, it was a really good 
I thought it was an I thought it was a good tweet. I thought it was funny, and I felt like it was related to the podcast. And because I, I saw the video, and I was like, "How could I tweet this from the High Hopes account?" And I was like, "Perfect, it's the Nance bit. It's the Nance bit." So, it was a good tweet. I'll give you credit. Yeah, it was a good tweet. yeah. Well, I mean, I thought you were gonna bring up how I had him ranked as my number two national. Oh, you history. don't think I didn't have that next up? Top five and five, baby. Yep. The 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 radio segment that is sweeping the country. Yes, yes. So you had him second. Explain yourself. Listen. I mean, even though he's a free agent, the guy's a total pro, and uh, I expect him to get uh, scooped up soon, and um, he's not better than Joe Buck because Joe Buck is the GOAT. Yeah, I would put him after Joe Buck, too. Dude, see, this is this is why this is why uh, this is why you drive me crazy. <laughs> like you, you do the stupid Philadelphia thing where it's like where it's like, uh, Joe Buck hates my team. No, I just uh, said I would. Put yeah, him, I love no, Joe Buck. You do. I just said I would put him after Joe Buck too. What are you talking but he's, about? But Joe Buck is objectively better than Jim. I Nance. just said that. I'm agreeing with you. What are you talking about? I said. Oh wait, hold on. Wait, do you agree with me? You I'm think Joe agree- Buck should be number yes, one? Yes, that was my point. I was saying. Uh, okay. You're such an. You can't get anything right when Jim Nance is involved. You're like you're you're on tilt with it. Yes, oh, I'm saying hey. yes. Joe Buck is better. I love Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck hey, is, hey, Donovan, is Donovan the best. Yeah. Donovan Chesspat. Yet That's again. Yet again. I feel like Jim Nance leads to Chesspats. All right. Take back. Probably. <laughs> <sighs> wow. I can't believe we just had a, 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 a uh, we had a public fight. Well, I, I mean, I, I wasn't fighting. You were yelling at me for something I didn't say. I know. I know, I expect, you were so I ready. Honestly, yeah, you had it locked and loaded. You were holstered, ex- and it was it was too far. You couldn't pull back. Yeah. Well, what I what I envisioned in my head was you hitting that correct sounder, like Joe Buck sucks. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. <laughs> so that's what I was seeing in my head. Um, uh, I would like to kick off this take bag with your. Uh, well, I like annual that. Kick off the take bag. That's I like that. Yeah. Do that. With uh, with everyone's with everyone's annual Mick Abel update. Hit ninety nine. Struck out the side the other day. Um, like I can't. He's not my favorite Mick in the system yet, but he's uh, he's creeping up there. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is our. I can. I. We talk Look, a lot. We're a, Mick, a, we're a Mick friendly podcast. Oh, all the time. But we talk. We talk a lot about uh, you know seeing guys major league debuts and how emotional they're going to be. I mean, when, when Mick Abel uh, makes his debut, I'm going to be a, an emotional wreck. Yeah, um, it's going to be super cool when they bring him up to pitch like uh, you know the seventh inning of a ten-two game in Colorado or whatever. Yeah, it's a good allocation of resources. <laughs> Um, I understand the 40 man roster constraints and I understand if they, if, so basically if they option Kingery, he can elect free agency. Like uh, that's where he is, is at year three. Um, but, but he also would have to forfeit the rest of his salary. So I don't think he's going to do it, but like objectively Luke Williams should be up here. I mean, he's hitting in the three fifties at triple a, He's can play every single position just like Kingery. Like, I mean, Scott Kingery is the worst player <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Objectively, like, anyone should be up over Kingery, legitimately. Like, but like Luke Williams provides the versatility and all that stuff. So I just I just think he should be up here. And I know the I know they'd have to add him to the forty man roster, but Kingery being up here is a waste of time. If you're gonna fix his swing or you're gonna give him a chance then let him stay at the minor leagues and, and give him a chance rather than just having him be up here and, and be pointless. 
Um, it, it sure was shocking seeing the amount of uh, young players the Blue Jays have that are awesome. Oh, dude. I mean, Bichette, Guerrero, like Biggio, Teoscar, Semyon. Like, it's just like waves of these guys who I wish we had. Well, and it's like they were in the playoffs in 2015. They didn't have to go through a decade and a half of misery. You know, it's just like they built a baseball team perfectly. Yeah, normal. Mark Shapiro. You know, the guy who was from Cleveland. Like, that's what we say, right? Like, go get the smart guys from the smart organizations and let them run your team. That's what Toronto did, and now they're reaping the benefits. Must be nice. Yeah. But I hope that we have that here soon. Um, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? About Bohm in left. I love year. it. I've seen people talking about it. Look, I said it before, and it's just, it's what it is. Like, he's not a third baseman. Like, he is not, like, he's obviously an athletic guy, but he is not athletic in the way that you need to be to be a six foot five third baseman. Like, it's just the physics of it are hard. Like, it's hard to play that position at that size. That's why when you think throughout history, you're like, oh, how many can I name? Not bleeping many, like Gary Gaetti, you know? Manny Machado is pretty big, but not even that big. Like, like there aren't that many guys who play that position at that size. So, so like, you know, I, and, and he doesn't even look good at it. Like, those other guys were, like, studs, to, like, in terms of fluidity and athleticism. Like, he's just not a third baseman. He either needs to be at first base or, like, I'd give a shot at left field. He's athletic. He's got a good arm. Like, I, I like that'd be fine. Yeah, it's it's something that I think they had to explore this offseason. So he's not a third um, baseman. Like he just he's not. Like it is what it is, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, long term, definitely not. Right now, probably not. Um, uh, last thing, the the Braves have just been caught with a lot of just weird bad luck this year. What um, are you talking about? Like Huascar and Noah punching? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, like he I broke mean, his hand. He's pitching great for those guys. It seems like they're having one of those seasons from hell. Um, like Marquegas retired. Uh, Darno is on the 60 day IL. You know, was out for a couple of months. Like their lineup wasn't that great anyway. Their pitching staff has been brutal. Acuna has been in and out with like nicks yeah. and injuries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of Acuna, um, I don't know. I have this weird superstition with my passwords that, especially my work password. Um, Are you about to tell all the High Hopes listeners your password? I am not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would trust them if I needed to. But um, I had this weird superstition that, like, if I make my password something, then it'll, like, automatically backfire like my password for a while was like pavetta 43 that backfired and then it was girardi 25 that's been so bad. you're you're basically applying the the uh bio curse to the password curse in a sense as well. right. a similar type of mushiness right. that's involved so i finally wise i finally wisened up and i put some braves players oh look at you yep 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 so credit to me if they have a bad season. Yeah. Huascar and Noah had no idea you're going to put him as your password. They're a better name in baseball to say than Huascar. It's a great name. It and really he like, is. He was way better than I thought he was. Way be. better. And also swings a bat. Like he, he's like one of those, uh, you know, pitchers who can hit the rarity. 
It's always well, fun. We all know that's better baseball. The worst. Just give me a DH. Can we? Is Reese Hoskins allowed to DH yet? Can we get like a waiver from the league? You know what? Speaking of which, can we also get a waiver from the league that we only play home games? Do you think teams would have a problem with that if we just no more and, no more road games? Nola can only pitch at home. <laughs> oh man. We're fine if these things are laid out this way. We we should uh, it should work out. All right. Um, what else you got? You got any final thoughts? Uh, my final thought is that we are fully stocked of high hops beer at Four Fingers Brewing Company. Come on out. Oh, and I'm heading down to the ballpark for the first time uh, oh, tomorrow night. So are you really? Yeah, I'm oh, I'm excited to get down going there to and see the Marlins, the eh? Oh, listen, any chance I can to watch the Phillies lose to the Marlins yet again, I will take the advantage of that. That's awesome, man. I'm really excited. So on the next I hopes we'll get a uh, a recap of uh of what it was like to be down there. That's super cool. Will I tear up? Yes. Maybe. Yes. I think so. I'm gonna say yes. My right, cool. my my prediction yeah. is yes. Um my final thought is is please God, it's the Marlins. Like end this stupid curse. And this stupid, like, we suck against the Marlins thing. It's, of all the, I almost cursed there, Jack. Of all the bleepy stuff that we've dealt with the last years, the consistent stuff, you know, the gut-wrenching losses, the, like, you know, us coming and defending Hector and then him breaking our heart the next night. Like, all these, like, um, tropes that have come up the last years, the September collapses, like, all that, like, Sucking against the Marlins annoys me the most. Like, why do we have to suck against the Marlins? Like, enough of this. Dude, it goes, I mean, it goes back to Conine, right? I mean, it's basically one big Miami Conines right now. (laughs) You've given us so many options for a good title for this pod. I don't even know what to go with. Yeah, I think you know the one. Uh, I do. I do. You'll all find out what it is. I guess before I say this, everyone knows, so... Cool title. <laughs> he's fr- yep. he's fritz himself. We'll see you later.